Welcome back, League Ledger listeners. Andrew here after a one-week hiatus, or a few-week hiatus, I guess. <laughs> but be back here alongside my co-host, Mr. Josh Gardner. What's up, my man? Triple L's. So good to be with you again. And Andrew, it's so good to be back with you. You said one week. I think it was more like five weeks. Um, yeah. It's been a while since we've been able to get together and talk hoops. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing just that tonight. Um, how are things going with you, my friend? They're good. Yeah, things are good. I've been definitely been busy, um, but loved listening to the food chain connection uh, from the last episode. I was, I was, I was hoping to hear a little uh, Easy G stopping into a stepping onto the scene of a high school party at the end of the episode. Uh, cut off a little bit before that, but. It's still great to hear that throwback song that I hadn't heard heard in so long. So, yeah, uh, great episode. Love the rookie talk. That was a really fun premise to, to take on. So, great stuff, Sammy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again to Sam for filling in. Um, but uh, it's been a while since just the two of us have done an episode. We've been having people on, and I think uh, probably in the near future we'll continue to do that. But uh, because it's been so long, we have a lot to get to. Um, so. As I do most weeks, Andrew, what is the plan for today's episode? Definitely a lot to get to. So first off, we are going to talk some NBA playoff picture talks. We're going to kind of go over the the playoff picture in general and how the the playoffs are going to shape up with the new format, which I think is something that not everyone is fully aware of. It's not going to be your standard 18 playoffs as as most years are. And then we're going to kind of do an overview of what teams we see as the contenders and which are the pretenders um, and uh, and do a little quick roster analysis there. And then after that, we're going to dip into fantasy, talk about both our leagues, talk about some trade deadline deals that happened a few weeks ago in the Kings room, some big blockbuster deals that shook up the top of the standings, uh, some of the teams at the top of the standings, and then after that, going to look at some marquee matchups uh, going into the playoffs. We've got some really, really tight playoff races in both leagues fighting for the last couple playoff spots. So uh, should be a fun last couple weeks. We're getting close to the playoffs here. Yeah, uh, we got this week and next week in the Kings room. And then after that, one more week um, for the league. So, uh, man, it seems like just yesterday we were recording our first episode. And uh, here we are on the verge of um, the playoffs pretty exciting stuff man pretty exciting totally is yeah went by like a flash for sure (laughs) yeah so let's get into this nba playoff talk um you know when when you and i were talking earlier today about what we wanted to talk about tonight uh we we sort of agreed you know it's that time of year where we should talk about the playoffs and i was putting together or i wanted to put together what if if the the season ended today what the playoff picture would look like and it really like sent me down a, a little bit of a rabbit hole uh because of the change in format uh last year in the bubble there was uh there was the playing game i think the way they did it was just for the 8 seed where it was the the 8 and the 9 uh played two games and the 9 had to beat the 8 twice uh if to get in uh which I don't think happened. Yeah. So in my head, I was thinking something similar to that was going on, but but really, 
you know, I, I knew that there was 10 teams from each conference, but I didn't, I hadn't really grasped how it was going to work. So uh, just in case you, the listener, uh, also are unaware, let me lay it out for you real quick. So the, there's sort of like a play-in tournament in each conference. And the way it works is that the 9 and the 10 play and the 7 and the 8 play. So the winner of the 7-8 game becomes the 7 seed and then goes on to play the 2 seed uh, in, the, you know, in your normal 8 teams in each conference uh, playoff uh, bracket. The loser of that 7-8 game goes on to the next round of the play-in tournament and they play the winner of the 9-10 game. And then the winner of that game, which is, again, the winner of the 9-10 game versus the loser of the 7-8 game, play each other, and whoever wins that game becomes the 8 seed. So that was a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think it helps, you know, to, if you go on NBA.com, they lay it out uh, graphically, which I think helps a little bit. But, uh, you know, basically we've got four teams in each conference vying for the 7 and 8 seed. Uh, so... Like Andrew said, we wanted to look at this, the playoff picture, the current playoff picture, and, and talk about who we think are actual contenders. And that could mean, do we think they're a contender for the, to make it to the conference finals? Do we think they're a contender to make it to the finals? Or do we think uh, they're a contender to win it all? Or are they a pretender? See them, uh, when you think about this team, do you think they're early round exit, first or second round? So, uh, this conversation, you know, we're probably not going to be talking about the 7, 8, 9, 10 seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start at the top of the Western Conference. The number one seed as of right now, the Utah Jazz, who if they do win the championship, I win $1,000 because Ooh. of the one outstanding bet I have. So <laughs> um, I'm hoping that you're going to say they're contenders, Andrew. Um, but what do you think? Utah Jazz. Okay, well, I did not know that was your one outstanding bet, and it makes me feel a little not great about this 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 hot-ish take, but I think this team's a pretender. I think that I, I, it, they're a great story. They are the story of the year, I think, that um, in, the, in the NBA, just in terms of the best record in the NBA with a roster that you wouldn't have thought would have it going into the year, but... I, I, I kind of look at them and I'm, you know, I think the solid roster built around two superstars with Gobert and, and Mitchell, who are players that I love so much. But I think that they're, they've got decent depth, but they're, they're just, there's a lot of really, really good teams in the league this year. And just thinking about the path that this team is going to have to take to win a championship, they, you know, might have to beat the Clippers, Lakers, and Nets um, to win the championship, which is a run that would just be unbelievable considering what the roster that they have. And and I, I think that they're a great story, and I could definitely see them making a great conference finals against one of those L.A. teams. Um, but I just I, I don't think this team is really a legit title contender at the end of the day. Well, for the record, it's it's a seventy dollar bet. Uh, 
Okay. That would yield a thousand dollars. So it's not like I put a thousand dollars on the Jazz to win uh, the championship. So still love those odds. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was yeah. great odds at the time, um, and you know, I think the general. I don't know if I'd say consensus, but it seems like when you hear people talk about the Jazz, they sort of think what you said, which is they're a good regular season team. It's a great story, um, but no one really, you know, people think they're a pretender. People people don't see them uh, as a team that could go on that gauntlet and, and win it all. And and you talk about how punishing the Western Conference is. Um, they there's a scenario where they could end up playing Dallas in the first round. If Dallas is the seven seed, if they lose the seven eight game and then win that second leg of the play in tournament uh, and become the eight seed, that is a not a great reward for having the best overall record in the yeah. NBA. Uh, but um, Utah to me, they're a team that's built for the playoffs. They they shoot almost half of their shots from three-point range, which is like, it's like I think it's like 49%. Mm-hmm. They have a coach of the year candidate. They have probably the sixth man, almost for sure, in Jordan yeah. Clarkson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's something I just, when I watch them play, it's, uh, you just, they play with so much joy, and I, I, I'm rooting for them. But in my heart of hearts, I think that I would call them a pretender too as much as it hurts me to say <laughs> it, yeah it really does hurt i think that i i hope that they can defy the odds and they kind of feel like in a way like the the good old pistons of of yesteryear of, of this version but I, I think in a year where there weren't three super teams in their way i i might feel a little differently um like the pistons the you know the classic team that that only really had to take down the aging kind of dysfunctional Lakers. Like we kind of had a benefit of, uh, of that year's competition, but this year just, I mean, jazz, I think they're top five, both in team defense and offense, but Lakers, I think are better defensively just like by most of the numbers. And, and I think that um, they're just, they're, they've got a, a tough, really tough path. Yeah, he, there's a huge caveat with the Lakers, of course, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Totally, and all this is kind of barring major injuries, of course. Like, Yeah, I think if you, like, the other thing I want to bring up is, like, if you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I think I might have had a different answer. But if you look at, like, what Denver did, um, getting Aaron Gordon, and, and you just look at some of the acquisitions um, and, and that were made around the league, uh, whether it's the buyout market or, or through trade, like to me, like one thing that people love about Utah is their consistency year over year. You know, these are the same guys as last year. But I, I think if they if they could have made a move, like I think there might have been a move out there, and and yeah. I'd have to give it some thought to think like what that move was. But I think there was that that could have maybe pushed them into the contender, like legitimate contender category. Totally. I, I don't even think it would have needed to be massive, but I think that there was, yeah, just one move just to get one or two more good glue guys. I, I really think that could have done the difference for me because I, I was on the fence, um, yeah. but I, I think that one or two guys could have made the difference. Well, this this next team, I think, is staying in the Western Conference, going to the two seed right now. 
I think it's very similar in a lot of ways, and maybe most uh, most so like just sort of the surprise that they're this high up, and that's the Phoenix Suns. Um, what say you about the Phoenix Suns, Andrew? Man, I bigger surprise to me than Utah for sure. I mean, I thought I loved the Chris Paul addition in the off season, but had no idea it would have this kind of effect on a team that had barely sniffed the playoffs in recent I mean well I guess last year they had a nice run but like barely sniffed being you know the top of the standing since Steve Nash days basically um so definitely pretender I mean (laughs) there's no I I mean just clear like I I think that great story uh their leader is a guy who has had amazing teams around him and has choked in the past I I hate to say because I love Chris Paul but I cannot buy this team in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they're another team, almost the exact same story as Utah, where like, it, it was a little surprising that they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Totally, yeah. Uh, I know like Bill Simmons, something he mentioned was uh, sort of getting, like, is, is DeAndre Ayton a guy that is going to be able to play defense um, in a game seven or, or, you know, in an elimination game? Or is he going to be you know, get switched out onto the perimeter and then guys are going to pick on him till they have to take him out. And right. and maybe that's what they needed to look at. Um, I don't know though, man. Hmm. I, I sort of like believe in Phoenix a little bit more than Utah, which is weird. Hmm. Uh, I actually did not plan on saying that uh, when I was thinking about this <laughs> earlier, but I saw uh, like a chart earlier today that showed uh, wins this year versus last year. And uh, it, like Oklahoma City was at the very bottom left, so like, or at the very bottom, so way less wins. And Phoenix was way more wins. And you look at like what's what's the common denominator there, and it's Chris Paul. <laughs> and uh, the thing I like about this team, though, um, compared to like Oklahoma City last year with Chris Paul, who didn't really have a shot at, at doing anything serious in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Devin Booker, I, I feel like he's just, like, been waiting for this opportunity, and, and I think it sort of falls on his shoulders. Uh, I'm going to say at the bottom tier of contender. Like, mm, I, I okay. see them, they they can make it to the Western Conference Finals, and then, you know, once you get there, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that I would say Finals. Or, or, mm. or championship contender, but I would say at least Western Conference Finals. I, I think that that's very possible. Even though, you know, the most likely scenario right now is the two seed is playing Dallas in the first round, which, again, is mm. no fun. Mm-hmm. Big time. Uh, yeah. So let's next go to the current three seed, and let's talk about them at the same time as the five seed. Um, yeah, so I love it. The three seed being the Clippers, the five seed being the Lakers. Uh, I think but, at the start of the season, these would be two of the top three teams uh, in terms of odds to win it all. So I think it makes sense to talk about them together. Uh, so what do you think about the Clippers? What do you think about the Lakers? Yeah, uh, definitely makes sense to group them together. And they are both contenders for sure. Uh, I would be hard pressed to, I don't know, find a compelling argument otherwise i think i guess other than someone who's just a lifelong clippers fan who knows that they're gonna fall in the end um but i love i mean i think i just love what paul george has done this year for 
just LA for the Clippers just coming back so strong after last year's failures. And I, you know, anyone watching the Clippers is going to think that no series is over until it's over for sure. But they've got so much talent on their roster depth, star power. They've, they've got it all. And I think that, uh, they can go up against anyone and, and I think they will. Um, uh yeah lakers really not a ton needs to be said said i i think i mean that roster's only gotten better since last year uh uh barring injuries they're gonna be the scariest team to play yeah i mean you say barring injuries with the lakers and uh i don't know if we can do that at this point and that's sort of the one question like Meh. this is to me like the lakers are really going to put put to the test the the uh, the age old um adage that like the regular season doesn't matter um mm. because the the way that the timetables are right now with with AD who up uh, apparently is going to be back pretty soon yeah. a week or two I think I heard um mm-hmm. and LeBron who is maybe 3 4 weeks away still Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going to have many games uh, to play together and, and get get everything straight uh, straightened out uh, in the regular season. So they're going to have to kind of figure it out on the fly. Not to mention uh, Andre Drummond, who uh, is also injured right now. You know, what does that look like, and can they figure that out on the fly? To me, that's that's the question with the Lakers. Obviously, they're a contender to win it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anyone would say any different, but if you were to ask me, like, l- let me put it this way: Would you take the Lakers or the field right now? Oh, the field for sure. Is that because you believe in Brooklyn, or yeah. is that because <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair enough. I realize that's not. If you that. if you ruled Brooklyn out of that, then I would take the Lakers probably. But um, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, and and with the Clippers. Uh, to me, that's another one. Like, I, I got to see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get Paul George, the guy who was in the MVP discussion last year and has been playing pretty good until he's recently he's been dealing with an injury? I think it's like a toe injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, or are we going to get Pandemic P Part 2? Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's that's what it's going to come down to. And, and also, what can they get? from the guys outside of uh, Paul George and Kawhi, are they going to be able to get good minutes out of uh, Kennard in, in the playoffs? Are they going to, you know, I know they just they just got Rondo, so there's no more Lou Williams failing in the playoffs, uh, but does is, is Rondo going to be able to be playoff Rondo? Uh, and then you got Serge Ibaka there, who I think has been injured recently, and then you've got your Terrence Manns, uh, like who are unproven, obviously in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely, if you, between the Lakers and the Clippers, I think it's pretty clearly the Lakers that you'd mm-hmm. give the nod to there. But uh, I it definitely wouldn't shock me to see the Clippers going to run. Yeah, I think also those the the LeBron and AD injuries specifically. I think it's a good point, definitely about needing a little time to get chemistry, especially with Drummond in the, in the mix too. But in the end, just because they're crazy schedule with the short off season, the the resting time might not be the worst 
thing in the world, the fact that they've had some time off um, and, and can kind of take a little time to rehabilitate with injuries that aren't anything like super major. Um, so I think in the end, that, that doesn't really concern me that much. Are we sure that Anthony Davis's injury isn't super major? Not, not he's sure. he's been out for a while. He has. He has. But he's done that a lot. And he always, come, in the past, he's come back fine. And um, I think just having that presence of the, the two of them both there and not needing to be like the one guy just kind of like helps a lot too. Yeah. So, and, and just to set the table a little bit here right now the clippers three seed would be playing portland in the first round man the western conference God, that's such a so fun yeah. yeah it really is uh, and then the lakers as the five seed right now although uh, depending on how much longer the guys are out it's very possible and i think maybe even probable that they end up falling to the six yeah. seed in that case you could have a lakers clippers first round series which would be oh. nuts that's what Utah and Phoenix are rooting for. <laughs> yeah, um, but right now the five seed, uh, or as the five seed, the Lakers would be playing. I think the last team that you'd put into this conversation in the Western Conference, and that's the Denver Nuggets, uh, who have not lost a game since the trade deadline and are looking like a very feisty team. Uh, what do you think about the Nuggets, Andrew? Yeah, they are. Um... I think this team is still not there. I think they're still on the outside in pretender land. I think that I, I like the Gordon edition. I just I think that they needed to shake things up a little bit more. I think that it's a team that just doesn't have the build of a of a team that's going to make a run to the championship or, or to win it all at least. I, I think that. Maybe they could get through the gauntlet of the West in in a best case scenario where some of the bigger teams like a LA is not one of them knocks the other off or something. But yeah, I think that they've got solid depth, but uh, defense is a question. Um, you know, Jokic's Jokic and and Murray, I, I think. Fun one-two combo, but are they a one-two combo that can can really win a, a championship? I, I don't know. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's to me it's a question of how much do you believe in Jokic, mm-hmm. uh, who by all accounts is the MVP this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he did maybe a little bit by default with Embiid and LeBron getting injured and now Harden being out. Uh, he's sort of the last man standing here. Uh, but I think if you if you combine the season that Jokic is having with the playoff success they had last year and then sort of the evolution, the growth of Michael Porter Jr. as a, a legit number three option and then adding Aaron Gordon, who, you know, the way he's been playing since the trade is like seems to be settled into that fourth option. Uh, I I consider them a contender, like mm. especially if you if if the Lakers can't get it together, you know the questions with the Clippers, and then we both sort of had our our doubts about Utah and Phoenix, like they're right there, and you know maybe in a normal year, uh, whatever a normal year is <laughs> now, uh, I would say pretender, but to me like if you combine all those things, 
I think they're a legit contender to surprise everyone and, and win it all this year. Hmm. Yeah, I do definitely. If I had to pick between any of the the, the teams that I chose as non-contenders, they'd be the one that I think. I, I just I think they have the most firepower of of between them, the Jazz and the Suns. Um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me, but I still I still think that they have too much in their in their way. Yeah. So. Just after the after Denver, um, you're talking about Portland, Dallas, Memphis, San Antonio, and Golden State as the uh, mm-hmm. six through ten. I guess. Do any of those teams stand out to you as, as being able to make some noise, possibly, uh, or is it just those are those are going to be the the quick exits, most likely? I could, I could see maybe. Well, I think also just like in the in the world where the Jazz and the Suns are the top two seeds, I could see some six, seven game series being made by particularly the Warriors and Blazers. If the Blazers were to fall, I guess, a, a bit, or uh, end up in a matchup with them. I, I think that they could make some noise in that regard. I don't think he, anyone in that um, six through 10 range is going to make a conference championship run. But, uh, could definitely be a really fun first round series. Yeah, I I think you you have to say Dallas maybe, but I just I still don't believe in the team they have around Luca right now. Yeah, it's, that's the thing. Uh, but with Luca, we saw it last year. He he's just incredible, and he can win you some games by yourself or by himself. So, uh, so that's the Western Conference. There's definitely less teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I'd say probably three <laughs> that you could even have the the discussion about. Um, so let's start. Let's 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 do the let's do it the other way. Or no, let's start at the top. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn, uh, from what you said a second ago. Uh, take yes. Take the floor. Definitely, they're the gun to my head pick at this point and they're the odds on favorite in vegas they they did a great job kind of the trade deadline and before i I think that aldridge is a really smart addition and having griffin as depth too and jordan they just they've got some solid vets to go alongside their studly ball handlers and just yeah, I, I, this team, it's going to be really tough for any team in the East to beat. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we obviously knew about, at the beginning of the season, we knew about Kyrie and KD, felt good about it. Then they got hard in, and there were some questions that were immediately answered that they could, you know, all play together. Uh, I think maybe you could even have predicted that they would be, like, the buyout market target of a lot of guys, so... Mm-hmm. Um, with Blake and Lamarcus adding those guys, you know maybe you could picture that. But the one thing I don't think I considered at the beginning of the season was how good like their sort of young guys have been. Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, how good and how important they are. And I think like the team just makes so much sense the way it's constructed. They can play so many different ways. They could. They can put Claxton at center. They can put uh, KD at center if they want. And, like, they can build any kind of lineup. Uh, you know, the one question with them is defense. And 
uh, I'm not even sure if that's a question because I think they can just outscore anybody. Totally. Uh, yeah. too. So to me, I, I would say, I wouldn't even say gun to my head. I would say like, I, I would probably, uh, if it, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I, I would pick them. Hmm. Yeah. Scary team. Uh, yeah, not much else to say there. Uh, <laughs> the number two seed right now, the Philadelphia 76ers, just got your boy Joel Embiid back in the mix. Uh, <laughs> they've kind of been in that spot most of the year, once Brooklyn got going at least. Um, so what do you think about Philly? You think this could be their year? You think uh, maybe they make it to the conference finals and lose to Brooklyn? Or, or uh, you know, what do you see for the 76ers? Yeah, I th- I think this team conference finals is kind of the ceiling. I think for this team, very disappointed they didn't make a move at the trade deadline. You and Sam had talked about going for Lowry, and even though that might have seemed like kind of a weird fit on paper, I think a move like that could have really helped. It, really, they I just I, I think they just needed one other big guy um, to to help put them over the top. I, I think that. Simmons and Embiid are both great, but they and so is Tobias. But I think they're just at least one or two players away from from being able to compete, especially in a world where the Nets are existing. So for me, this team they can make the conference finals, but I don't think I don't see them going any further. They did get George Hill, who I don't think he's played for them yet. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think trade deadline. I don't think he's played yet. Yeah, I forgot about that. Who I think was more, it was like a lower risk. I, he's not right. going to give you as much as Lowry, but sort of the same. It, it allows you to play maybe the same way. Uh, and it gives you another like solid lead defensive guard who can hit some threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, to me, like the juggernaut at number one is just, you know, anything can happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sort of caveat that. But like, I don't know if anyone in the league um let alone the eastern conference has enough to compete with them so like i i have the same thinking uh as you there which leads me to the three seed right now which mm-hmm. is the milwaukee bucks who is uh right now who the sixers would have to get through to get to the conference finals uh what do you think about milwaukee this year andrew yeah, Milwaukee I've kind of been down on since the off season, just not loving their approach. I think that they've got some depth questions and not quite enough star power next to Giannis. I, I think that uh pretender for me, which is you know, weird to say from a team that's led by the guy who's probably Jokic's biggest competition for MVP at this point, but um yeah, I, I just don't think they have enough. Yeah, they're kind of like the three seed in the in the other conference, the Clippers, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like good regular season team, a lot of talent at the top, but they just haven't, just like based on what the Clippers is based on a lot of history, but like especially the last couple years here, you know, great regular season, fall apart in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like sort of you almost expect it at this point from Milwaukee. Obviously, the difference this year is that they have Drew Holiday. Um, mm-hmm. They just uh, extended for four years, I think. So they're locked into their core. Uh, so, you know, if they don't figure it out this year, <laughs> it, I think it is going to be about addressing the depth, like you said, and, and sort of the, the pieces on the edge. Uh, 
I I could see a world where because they're sort of under the radar and, and a lot of people are, are doubting them where Milwaukee does make it to the finals. Uh, so I I think, though, I would still say, uh, you know, conference finals at best for Milwaukee, mm-hmm. which essentially what, again, what I'm saying <laughs> is that Brooklyn is almost surely going to yeah. come out of the East. Pretty much. Um I do think there are two other teams worth discussing. Yeah, so right now it's uh, for, the four seed right now, Charlotte. Then That's not one of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, five seed, Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, six, Miami, who I'm sure yeah. is one of them. Yeah. And then uh, Boston at seven, the Knicks at eight, Indiana at nine, Chicago at ten. So what about Miami? Yeah, I think think that i i at this point only have three contenders like legit contenders but if i had to pick a fourth it would probably be miami um obviously you know making it last year helps but i think that i think that the jimmy factor can help you know jimmy with depth and a great coach and just like a great culture i think that I could see this team just putting together a really scrappy seven-game series against the Nets where they kind of just get under their skin and um, they somehow eke it out. They, they'd probably need some sort of injury to one of the Nets' big three, I, I think. I, I'd be shocked to see them do it against a healthy Nets team. Um, but I, I think that they could. I think that this team is really just building off of last year, and, and I think that... Um, Bam's growth and uh, having Oladipo in the picture to help add some firepower. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, to me, Oladipo is sort of the tipping point for them. What are you going to get out of him? And mm-hmm. and also, can Dragic get back to what he was doing last year? And also, <laughs> a third also, can Hero mm. um, and, and, and can Hero get back to where he was last year? Uh, and, and then I would say, lastly, uh, you got your guys like Duncan Robinson, mm-hmm. um, who were instrumental in that run last year. Uh, I mean, I, I could see a world where Miami uh, makes a push. Um, that that three six matchup, which right now is Milwaukee Miami, is going to be a, a really good first round matchup. And uh, it's like yeah. you, it's one of those things where like maybe you you win that series and sort of get on a run uh, and then you're able to get over Philadelphia and then who knows. Uh, I'd be trying to avoid that at all costs. If I'm Miami after last year, the revenge matchup for for the Bucks, man, that was a rough loss last year. Yeah. I mean, the problem is if you, the sixth is is the last seed guaranteed to uh, make the playoffs. (laughs) So you're going to have to get past Atlanta which yeah. is is definitely possible. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, and, and also Charlotte being the four right now, I I'd, I I would imagine that that doesn't um, that's not what it looks like at the, the end right. of the season. Yeah, uh, with Lamelo out, and also Hayward injured now. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else in the East, Andrew? Uh, Boston? Does that interest you? Do the Knicks interest you at all? Definitely not the Knicks. <laughs> I think I could see the Celtics kind of 
falling into the conference finals or something, you know, like they kind of just like by luck of the draw, maybe they get play a team with an injury or, you know, like Embiid gets hurt and they two, seven, something like that. Just, you know, well coached, good depth and team that can be really good when they're hot. And Kemba obviously uh, is a big factor. I definitely wouldn't call them contenders by any means, but I could see them making a run and being the team that plays the Nets in the conference finals. Yeah, I don't know if I see it. I do love the way that they're playing since the trade deadline. I, I love they're playing Robert, Robert Williams uh, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, less Semi Ojale, more Evan Fournier. Uh, <laughs> I think that's probably good. It sounds like Boston fans are pretty excited about that as well. Uh, so uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what would you say as your conference finals? What would you mm. say as your finals? Who are your winner or who's your winner uh, as of today? Cool, cool. Yeah, I so conference finals in the East, I'll go Nets over Heat. Um, and then West, I will go L- Lakers over Clippers. I think it'll need some lining up. The lining up is going to be a little, no, I think it should work three versus five if, if it seats hold um and then i'm gonna go nets nets over lakers in the finals I, I think that that star power and the veteran depth i think that uh that team just scares the christ out of me right now <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say like, brooklyn milwaukee in the hmm. east uh with brooklyn beating milwaukee and then i'm gonna say i'm gonna say denver phoenix Denver going to the finals. Ooh. And Brooklyn beating Denver to win it. Wow. Cool. Shake it up a little bit. We got four different conference finals teams in the West. I love it. Love love Western Conference playoffs. It's they're the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, so real quick before we uh move on to fantasy discussion, mm-hmm. uh just, we've got our playoff teams that we just talked about, but on the other end of the spectrum, uh mm-hmm. we have the a much more important race for a us much starters. more important race the <laughs> battle for basically let's call it the the three worst records uh which yeah. gives um the three bottom teams in the league get the the best odds um at a lottery pick so the way it's shaking out right now uh you've got minnesota with 13 wins you've got houston with 14 you got the pistons with 15 Orlando with 17, Washington with 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some other teams that could maybe get in the mix. Cleveland's at 18, Toronto and Oklahoma City both had 20 wins. Um, but I think really uh, it's probably those four teams at the bottom, mm-hmm. Minnesota, uh, Houston, Detroit, and Orlando uh, after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Or let me ask you this: When you, as a Pistons fan, like, how do you feel about where they are right now in that uh, in that lay of the land? Uh, like, their what do you mean by their chances of? Yeah, yeah. Like, so when you look at it, do you like do you see the Pistons ending up, you know, with one of the three worst records? Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Um... I actually don't. 
I don't. Uh, I think that they're going to have to be very um, strategic to end up that way. I think that that Orlando team looks like a, half of a G League roster. Um, and I think Houston is all in for the tank in ways that we aren't. And uh, kind of similar with the T-Wolves. Yeah, so we were looking at remate like the the second half of the season strength of schedule and this is mm-hmm. something that we have going against us is houston has uh the hardest second half of the season um schedule in the western conference and minnesota has the third hardest remaining schedule so uh minnesota mm-hmm. did just have d'angelo russell come back last night which might help a little bit but, but the idea that of just like being more bought into the tank, I think is a very relevant one. And, and it's why I look at this and, and I'm a little bit nervous uh, mm-hmm. that, that we're not going to get that 14%. Um, mm-hmm. The Pistons aren't going to end up, you know, with that spot. And they're almost definitely not going to have the worst record, which uh, matters because if you're, if you have the worst record, you can only fall to five. Second, mm-hmm. you can fall to sixth, third, uh, seventh, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. go ahead. Oh yeah, I, I was gonna say I um no, we'll say your thing first. I had a minor tangent. Go ahead. Uh, I th- I think I was just gonna say Orlando is the the team that sort of threw a wrench in in all of this. Yeah, and uh, you know they have won a couple games since the trade deadline though. So have they? Oh, do they beat Denver? They, um, I don't know who they they beat. They beat someone good the other day. They did. Yeah, yeah they they but they've won two games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you you never know. I I think the Pistons are just going to keep playing the way that they've been playing. <laughs> They're going to end up winning. They've got I'm, fifteen yeah. fifteen right now. They maybe mm-hmm. they end up somewhere around twenty. And it sort of just depends on what Orlando can do the rest of the season and and mm-hmm. is Houston going to be able to eke a couple more out uh so yeah. I don't know I'm not feeling great about it right now I'm not feeling super confident that we're gonna mm-hmm. but I'm but I'm also sort of hoping that the the tank gods treat us kindly and no matter what the <laughs> odds we have are we end up with the top five pick mm-hmm. yeah I kind of wish, and it's probably never ever within the realm of possibility. But uh, just looking at how you know the T Wolves are the team with the worst record right now, and knowing how much fucking talent they have on their roster, oh and God. how many first round picks that they have, I so me and Sid for two of our football fantasy football leagues, we have um, the the way that the the standings shake up, and and for the draft picks at the start, it's very it's based on best possible points which is like you know you can't really tank while having good players it's kind of like prohibits that essentially it would be cool if the nba had some sort of way of like prohibiting in a team or just kind of like weighing differently for a team that had a lot of recent top picks or a lot of recent all-stars something like that so like you know the t-wolves for having towns and uh, Edwards, like that, would affect their lottery odds in ways that the Pistons wouldn't get affected because we don't have all stars and top picks. I think 
that could be something that would be worth looking at. Yeah. The, uh, I, so the NHL is actually doing some interesting stuff with the lottery. I, I think not this upcoming lottery, but starting the one after. Um, I've read about it. I sort of forget. But, but one of the things they're doing um, is something that I think I've mentioned on this pod before is that they're, they're limiting teams to having no more than two lottery wins in a five-year span. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I think that just <laughs> that one change would sort of limit what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Minnesota, like, no team should be able to get a top three pick two years in a row, let alone get yeah. the first overall pick two years in a row. Yeah. And we see it all too often. I mean, I know it's it's random, but come on. Like, mm-hmm. Cleveland, all those years winning, and, and Minnesota's always there. Um, and then, like, you know, I, it's cool that any team that doesn't make the playoffs has a chance, you know, like New mm-hmm. Orleans jumping up and out of nowhere and being able to get Zion. But, like, <laughs> Does that really make sense for the NBA? I mean, does it? The Pistons have never. I think I saw Rod Beard tweet about this the other day. They've never gotten a. They've never jumped up. They've only oh, really? fell down ever in the lottery era. They've never gotten a better pick than um, because of the lottery. So, I'm hoping we're due. Uh, but I think you know, I do, I get nauseous when I think about it. I actually do. It's either going to be the best day of my life or the worst day of my life. <laughs> It's so big. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's crazy. We've never jumped up. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so if you're interested, read about uh, what the NHL is doing. They, mm. They're listening to the fans, or, or <laughs> they're just doing stuff, I think, that makes sense. Um, so mm. check it out. Let us know what you think in the comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. On to some fantasy talk. Let's do it. Cool. So, uh, first off, which I think I might have forgot to outline at the top of the show, me and Josh were doing a little talk before the show about. So this is we're in the midst of a very injury plagued period in NBA and in fantasy. There are a ton of injuries that has made fantasy roster lineup management quite the headache, um, and we were kind of musing about ways that we could kind of account for that a little bit better in, in fantasy and in our leagues and both Kings room and the league. Um, we've for, for Kings room in past years, we've added roster spots and IL spots to help account for it so that you can, you know, expand the roster a bit when guys are hurt. But um, Josh had a pretty, we had a few good ideas that were uh, apart from roster additions and, and, why, Josh, why don't you mention the first one and involving the the pickup situation? Yeah, so uh, I think this is the the if there's if we go in like order of most likely mm-hmm. to uh, enact next year, I think this is probably the most likely, and that's um, same day waiver pickups. Uh, mm-hmm. So perfect example just happened uh, with me in the Kings room. Uh, Giannis, uh, who I just traded for, has been out for a couple games. He's out. Uh, he was doubtful all day today. Listed his uh, uh, game time decision. He ended up being out, and so uh, I believe I, I think um, 
if if a player is out for three games, they switch to being IL eligible. So I can put him on the IL and pick somebody up. The problem is Milwaukee plays again tomorrow. There's no notes about whether Giannis is going to play. You know, maybe he's just sitting because it's the back half of the back. To, uh, uh, sorry, the front end of a back to back. So now, because I pick someone up, somebody up, like if tomorrow afternoon they say Giannis is playing, I'm stuck with him on my IL unless I have mm-hmm. you know randomly somebody else that can I, I can flip to the IL. So this is a great example of what same day waiver pickups would allow me to do. I could drop who I picked up, get Giannis back onto my active roster, and uh, you know it's all good. Yeah, I mean, really the only potential negative, I say, when, when Josh first brought it up to me, I was like, can we do that? Does Yahoo even have that set? Just because it's been 15 years of King's Room, it's just so accustomed to, like, you pick a guy up, he's on your roster next day. But it indeed is a setting in Yahoo that's available. We could, as soon as next year, change it so that any pickup you make is reflected on your roster that day, as long as no games have started. So... I think that the only glaring negative that comes to mind is honestly just the fact that we're all so, you know, all, most of us have been in the King's room about 10 years or more, and we're so accustomed to the, the tradition of things. But I don't know. I'd really like to hear from people to see if they are on board with this. I think that it would really help a lot of those game time decisions. Like, you've got a guy who's like, sounds like he's questionable for the next day. It's tough to kind of make that decision if you if you want to drop him or drop someone else to just get get a guaranteed game the next day. It's it's kind of like a situation that I think we could neutralize if we did same day pickups. Yeah, and there's some other things we're talking about to dis- to uh, to to maybe some mitigate some of this. Uh, maybe creating some sort of like case, but or not case by case, but. Uh, creating a, a set of uh, situations where like we can go beyond the, the two pickup maximum per week um, that we have in the Kings room. So I think, you know, probably we'll, we'll, we'll get through this season. And then just like we did last season uh, or this season, rather at the beginning, we'll, we'll sort of look at what the possibilities are for rule changes. We'll get mm-hmm. it out to the group and, uh, and figure out what makes sense to implement Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. And we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think that's a great, uh, you know, this season is unique in so many ways because of COVID it's like, besides all the injuries where uh, it's been, I mean, we haven't dealt with it as much in the back half of the season, but it was super frustrating at the beginning. Uh, and so I'd, I'd like to say this isn't going to be the norm, but uh, you know, just with the way that guys manage their, their games played and, and guys sitting out on back-to-backs. I just think it makes a ton of sense to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. All right, so let's get on. Let's, let's do some King's Room talk first. Yeah, Kings let's playoffs. Cool, because we are a week away, a week, just over a week away. We've got one week of the regular season left after this week, and we have a really tight with the top two seeds are locked up. So you want to do a... You want to do trades first real quick? Oh, we yes. Thank you for the reminder. We have to discuss the trade deadline deals, which involve those top two teams. So um, just as a rehash, um, so we had two trades that were completed within 
about an hour of each other, um, both involving Sid and both involving the the top two teams. So, um, uh, so I'll do the first one, and then Josh, you can do the second one. The first one, um, we had uh, Sid sent John Collins and Giannis over to Josh in exchange. That's me. For- yeah, it's, it's, it's for my co-host, Mr. Josh, in exchange for Bam Adebayo and Brandon Ingram, two guys with great keeper values next year. Um, so, Josh, walk us through it. How did you feel about the trade? Was it something that was tossed back and forth? Yeah, so it was, you know, I had been had been thinking for a while all season that I wanted to, if it made sense, if I could find a situation that made sense, I wanted to cash in some of my keeper assets mm. for a, like a big play this year. Uh, I, I sort of, I made an offer for Harden. Uh, I talked to Sam live on the pod about maybe Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, but decided against that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had sort of talked to Sid um, before I recorded that pod. And then it was right around the time he was organizing the bracket uh, for March Madness. So he told me like, we'll talk at the end of the week. We got together Um uh, you know, to me, like Bam and and Brandon Ingram were maybe two of the best keeper assets mm-hmm. in the whole league. Uh, both like top twenty guys. Bam was, I think, twenty dollars this year, and Ingram's only five dollars this year. I think. Oh, yeah. Um. So really good value for next year. They both have one year left too. And uh, you know, I I, I looked at Giannis. I, I don't think I've ever had him on my team, my fan like a fantasy team mm-hmm. at all. And then Collins, who's having a really good fantasy season, uh, he's got injured right after uh, I got him, but he was a top 30 guy uh, in, in on Yahoo. And, and he also has a decent keeper value for next year. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, uh, I think he's $10 uh, this year. So it just made sense. Uh, and I was really excited. And uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a fun deal. And I think that, yeah, I mean, any time you can get Giannis without giving up another top five or even top ten guy is is a deal you want to you definitely want to listen to. So, um, yeah, it was a fun one. For yeah, sure. and uh, I texted Sam Plotkin to rub it in his face, and <laughs> uh, like you said, about an hour later, I he said uh, I did something too, and he traded Colin Sexton <laughs> also to Sid for Ben Simmons and. Thadjik Johnson, Thaddeus Young. Uh, so, is that his basketball reference nickname? I don't know. I was listening, or I was watching a Chicago game, and they they called him that, and I, I loved it. <laughs> um, it's great. So Sexton is sort of the same idea of a trade. Sexton has a mm-hmm. good keeper value. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think it's under ten dollars. I think it was like a buck this year. Uh, yeah. So, and then getting. Ben Simmons and, and mm-hmm. Thaddeus Young. I don't I don't Thaddeus Young was a pickup, so that's gonna mm-hmm. be a twenty dollar, probably not keeper. And mm-hmm. I don't know what Ben Simmons was, but I, I imagine it's pretty high as well. Yeah, he was high. He's not a keeper for sure, but yeah, it was an interesting one. Simmons is a fantasy um he's a cryptic fantasy player, but he's an enigma. Definitely the word for it. Yes, he sure is. Man, does he have some games that just make me salivate when I see the the stat lines. But he's he's a weird one. I mean, he's got some glaring negatives, but um, 
definitely an interesting trade and props to Sid for making these two deals right before the, the deadline. And, uh, uh, he's going to Sid and, um, Dan Himmel both really did a good job. Himmel's trades were earlier. He got Ja from me and Mikhail Bridges from, from Nate in a deal for Bridges for Mitchell straight up. So, um, Himmel and Sid are both going to be in pretty interesting positions come next draft. Yeah. Yeah, Sid's got, um, you know, my, he's got Bam, he's got Ingram, he's got Sexton. And then I believe Jaron Jackson Jr. is still yeah. a good price. Yeah. And it looks like maybe he's going to have two years left after because I don't know if he's going to end up playing this year at all. Or I, I, or I don't know. I don't think that's how it works. Oh. No, it's not. Yeah. Okay, cancel that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out in post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just kidding. Um <laughs> But yeah, great starting points for both of them next year. Yeah, it's just sure. how do you build a team around um, those guys, and it's going to be interesting to watch. Definitely. Cool. All right. So, All right, so, so let's go ahead with the uh, the lay of the land in the Kings room. Yeah. So yeah. So kind of where I was starting off with the, the top two seeds are pretty much determined that they are determined. Sam Plotkin's got the one seed, and Josh is the two seed. Those are the two teams with the buys. Um, Nate is in third right now. These sons, and they are, uh, uh, he's got a little padding. He's, he's, he should be good for the three seed. Um, he's got a matchup against Sam Plotkin this week, which he's winning 6 3. Um, and his team's looking great. I, I think that that team looks pretty good for the third seed. And then I would say it's, it's, there's a four team block after that where things really get interesting. Um, Josh, you want to take the next four? Yeah, so four guys really, and I, I would, you know, it's only a week and a half left, but I think you yeah. almost have to say five teams fighting I, I, for. I wanted to, yeah. It's if there were two weeks like that, I definitely would. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, fighting for uh, three spots. The only reason I say um, five too is because Durant's back now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So. Right now, the four seed is Russell, um, five seed, you, Andrew, six seed mm-hmm. is Doug, seven seed is Sam. Uh, and so, uh, go yeah. go ahead real quick. All separated by about three games, and then Sean, who I assume was the team you were talking about with the fifth seed with Durant coming back, um, He's six and a half, or no, he's three and a half out of the playoffs right now. Um, so yeah. he's in the mix, but he's down six two to Sam Blake right now, who's who's ahead of him as a seven seed. Um, man, Sean's Sean team looks so good on paper. I, I think that the injuries have just really kind of slowed him down. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really fun race that has a lot of implications this week and next week so um as it currently stands i'm playing josh right now and down six three in a pretty tight matchup very tight yeah very tight and um uh but doug and sam are both winning so if if the current standings current scores held we'd have a pretty pretty close 
Ty, where's Russell at? Russell, Russell's up a little, and he's got Himmel this week, so he should be able to to hold that. So, as things stand right now, it, it might be really close for that five through seven. Me, Sam, and Doug are are probably going to be really close going into that last week. Yeah, sorry, I forgot Sean's name for a second. That oh, was really that's... throwing me off. Um, but uh, so this is the way, like, just to to lay it out, um, like that that bunch of teams. You got Russell, who um, this week is winning 5-4, like you said, against Himmel. And next week, he plays Nate, the third seed. So that's going to be tough. Um, Then you have uh, Doug, who right now is the six. Or, sorry, I I went in the wrong order. Um, You got you, who, like you said, down 3-6 right now, but super tight, um, especially like in... The middle categories that what I call the middle categories. So like everything between points um, and blocks, including uh, those two. That's what you meant by the middle categories. Yeah, I? it's just the way that <laughs> it shows up on the app. I, I just think of it that way. Got it. Cool. Um, the middles. So, and then you play Doug next week, which will be man know, matchup it, of the week. Yeah. Yeah. It it's uh it is the matchup of the week, and it's good for you because it allows you to play yourself. You know, you don't have to worry about someone else winning or losing. You just yeah. got to be Doug, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Sort of, that, no matter what ends up happening with me this week. Totally, that's a pretty much a playing game right there. Yeah. Yep. Um, although it's it's possible that both of you end up in as well. Um, it is, yeah. And then obviously Doug uh, is playing Sid this week, up six three, and plays you next week. You've got Sam, who's up five three this week, and. Um, He's got you next week. Yes, playing me next week. So, you know, my team's dealing with some injuries right now. Not not so worried about next week. Just trying to get healthy before the playoffs, and or by round two because it looks like I'm gonna have a bye. So, yeah, I, it's gonna be really <laughs> interesting to watch uh, the rest of this week and then figure out who needs how many wins and who who you know how like what you need your opponents to stay below. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's only room for six teams in, in the the tournament of champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's gonna be fun. It's it seems like almost every year we got a nice little race of the five six uh, seeds. So yeah, it should be fun for sure. Yeah, it's interesting that you know Plotkin, We we talked about the trade. Uh, his team has been indestructible all season and, and really running through it. But then I think last week he lost to Sid. Uh, or was that two weeks ago? I don't know. But then... Wait, uh, uh... Did he? Yeah. It's like he beats it 6-3. Oh, did he? Yeah. He hasn't lost all year. He has a tie against you. Oh, I feel like he texted me and said he, <laughs> he lost No, it looks okay. like he's, he's still undefeated. Okay. But he's down this week, and this... This week's yeah. not looking great. This this might be the one. Those those sons, those sons. <laughs> um, oh, he lost to Nate six three last week. Yeah, he's losing to him this week. That's this week. Oh yeah. man, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I'm all over the place yeah. here. Yeah, all good. Um, but yeah, he's dealing with some injuries. Uh, he's got uh, Hayward out. He's had AD out. You know, is he going to get yeah. AD back in time to make a difference? Uh, and he's also got Sabonis injured right now. So 
Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be gonna be an interesting uh, few weeks here in the Kings room. Sure will. Yeah, best of luck to everybody. I hope I hope no one has uh, too much stress in the the final playoff stretch. It can be it can be tough for sure. Um, cool. Any other Kings room thoughts, or you want to move over to to the league? Yeah, no, I think uh, let's let's go on over to the league where things are mm, equally very tight. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, league. Um, Definitely got those top two seeds, like as in the Kings room. Uh, Greg looks pretty safe in the top. We we have two and a half more weeks in, in the league before the playoff starts, but Greg looks pretty set at the top, and then Sam right behind him at the two seed, barring some big developments. I guess Sam is up six three on Greg right now, and he's five games back. So yeah, we'll we'll see. There could be some shape shaken up there but um generally those are the top two seeds and then josh is pretty secure in the three seed right now the early arrival squad um looking pretty good feeling feeling pretty good about the squad right now you know i've been actually pretty down on the team (laughs) ever since um greg and sam both made win now moves Mm -hmm. earlier in the season um but I beat Greg last week, 5-4, and it sort of reignited the spark that there's a possibility uh, that I could could do it. You know, the, the stars would have to align. I hate rooting for guys to be injured, but Greg right now <laughs> dealing with some serious injury problems. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, we got two and a half weeks, so a, a lot of time to get healthy. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm feeling all right. Cool, cool. And then, yeah, so after that, um, I guess you could say we have a four-team race for the fourth seed. It's it's kind of, yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm currently in fourth, um, and then Nate is three and a half back, but he's up 7-2 on me right now. Um, and then Russell is two behind Nate, and then Alex is one behind... Russell so there's really kind of four teams that have an outside shot at that four seed um and six and a half games separating with two weeks left after this one uh it's you know everyone's kind of in range I I have two very tough matchups after this one I've got Josh and then Sam to close the year uh Nate has Sid and Josh to close the year, and then Russell has uh, Greg. Greg, Greg, yeah, Greg and um, Alex, and then Alex has Sam and Russell. So um, I think in terms of schedule, Nate probably looks the best. I look the worst <laughs> schedule-wise, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think that. Uh, yeah, I personally have had a ton of injuries recently as well. Um, it's been tough to make the adjustments every week. Nate has had some really good recent developments. He's, he's made some great moves, pickups, and, but he's gotten some some recent big play. Poku, obviously, his mascot has come alive lately. and uh, In a big got, way. And Wendell Cardle, Carter has been, been finding some new life in Orlando. So... I 
think I don't know. I think one of the brothers is maybe my bet for the four seed. I, I I think if if I had a little less injury problems, I'd feel a little better about my team. But um, actually, Russell's got a lot of injuries too. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, uh, everyone does. Russell actually has had a lot of guys stepping up in recent weeks. Um, Malachi Flynn has had some big games without uh, uh, Van Vliet and Lowry in the picture. Um, and so Nikhil was playing great, but he just got hurt. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of a going to be a mad rush these last couple of weeks, I think. Maybe more of a mad limp. To the yeah, yeah, really. I think that there are going to be some very obscure players who make a difference in that race to the four seed in the next couple weeks, and I hope to find them, but uh, we'll see if I can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, personally, I'm just hoping, like, you never like when, for like, on a tanking team, a guy is out and they don't really give a timeline. So, with me, mm. SGA being out right now, oh, yeah. I I, I'm sort Scary. of wrote him off for the year. It's a huge bummer. Um, and then mm-hmm. also Josh Hart, who having uh, a low key, uh, pretty nice season. He's, he's like constantly oh, yeah. double digit oh, yeah, rebounds definitely. for me. Uh, so he's out for a while. He just had surgery. Um, so everyone's dealing with it in some way. Uh, oh shit! What? Didn't real, realize Thias was back today. He was on my bench. Oh. Been out for like a week. Oh, he's on the team right now? Yeah, he's on G. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my mascot. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't realize he was back today. It's been out for so long. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Well, maybe uh, next episode, I guess, it'll be right before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we can have a more uh, in-depth. Well, I mean, we should know by then. Or we might not. Uh, but we'll, we'll have a pretty decent idea of who that uh, four seed's going to be. Yeah. Uh, so assuming that I end up the third seed, which, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not sold on that. Uh, <laughs> but I'll take your, your word for it. <laughs> Photo confidence, yeah, and maybe some yeah. regular season awards and kind of roundups. That'll that'll be that'll be due for sure. Yeah, yeah, we're coming up to the end here, the first season of the League Ledger. Mm-hmm. What a season it's been, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Anything else on the league? Um, let's see. Anything else of note with the league? Uh, no, I guess kind of surprising. No trade deadline deals were made. I guess we we had our deadline a little early this year, but there have been a yeah, lot. Yeah, we of... forgot to talk about that. Uh, mm-hmm. when we were talking about league changes, I think uh, if we talk about consensus changes, like moving the trade ah, deadline um, yeah. to a later date next year. Especially in the league. Yeah, I, I, well, I think maybe particularly only in the league. Yeah, yeah just playoffs start so late that, I mean, right now seems like the right time for a trade deadline, like this week maybe, instead of March 4th, I think it was, like a month ago. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if one of we talked about all the people in contention for that four seed, if if somebody last week or or at the beginning of this week um, wanted to make a final push, and mm-hmm. somebody wanted to get some draft capital, I I think it makes sense to uh, move it later. And I yeah. don't think you're gonna have much pushback there. 
No, I don't think so either. Yeah, everyone likes trades, likes the option to trade. So cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Good to see Brad Wanamaker making some rosters recently. Good to see, uh, you know, the transactions have been fun. I guess I got Isaiah Hartenstein on my roster now. That's always interesting and surprising. Um, yeah, Jalen McDaniels. Yeah, McDaniel's brother. I, I saw the Jay McDaniel pick up on the phone on my on the on the app, and I think it doesn't show the team. So I was like, no way did Alex drop McDaniel's, and he didn't. It was the other. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I love that Yahoo's doing that now. With the uh, maybe I just didn't have push notifications on before, but uh, it's always funny like when you do something, and then right after you get, does that happen on your phone? I, no, I didn't mean to push. I meant I just checked the recent oh, transactions. Okay. okay, yeah. So I have like push notifications on on my phone. So I'll add somebody, and mm. then immediately I'll get like a <laughs> notification. Like, Your team it. added this guy. <laughs> oh, funny. No, I don't get those. Hmm. All right, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, any any closing, any any last? How about a, a final Killian Hayes? Uh, thought I know I haven't been able to watch the last couple games, but I loved the stat line against OKC. Any any takeaways? Yeah, really encouraging stuff from Killian Hayes. Really encouraging. Awesome. Uh, I forgot what it's like, uh, like it, watching like the first seven games of the season before he got hurt. It was mm. it was super nerve wracking for me because <laughs> I it was like watching a train wreck in slow motion a little bit, <laughs> like like. You know, you hear sort of out in the the ethos, like people already saying that he's a t- like he, right. he's a, a a bust, and uh, you know, which is insane. So <laughs> that in, like I was super excited when uh, it got announced he was coming back, and uh, sort of immediately rediscovered that uh, anxiety feeling when he <laughs> checked into the game, and uh, he had kind of like a rough first game which is not surprising um he played about 20 minutes didn't didn't do much he was 0 for 3 shooting i think he had five boards three assists uh something like that mm-hmm. uh the okc game though checked in you know he's coming off the bench now mm-hmm. and uh had that same feeling but he all of a sudden looked like a different guy uh the passing has been really good. Um, the defense, he's playing defense with purpose and mm. uh, sort of has the numbers to back it up or had the numbers to back it up in that game. He had four steals and two blocks mm. uh, again yeah. in just about 20 minutes. Um, ended up, I forget how many assists, but he had nine points too. And he was taking the ball to the hoop with purpose. He hit a three. Mm. Um, so, one game, it was against Oklahoma City with a bunch of guys out, but uh, like I just, it, it just was just super encouraging and yeah. super fun to see him do well. I'm I'm rooting for him super hard. He he's uh, still making his way back, so he didn't play against Denver, uh, but I'm looking forward to watching him here in a half hour play tonight. Um, hopefully, maybe uh, a few more than 20 minutes tonight, but <laughs> uh, and, and Jeremy Grant's out tonight. Mm, so yeah. maybe there'll be a, a little more uh, usage available mm-hmm. for him. So yeah, man, we're gonna it's gonna be a fun uh, last twenty-ish games. I hope we lose, and I hope, <laughs> hope plays we lose well. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. No, it's oh, yeah. and and one more thing, uh, just with in regards to the last episode, mm-hmm. with the way that Golden State has been playing, and the way that Wiseman has been playing, I think mm-hmm. that Isaiah Stewart is like, he has to be the favorite. Um, if they're gonna pick a center for the all rookie team, I think mm-hmm. he has to be the favorite right now. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, for sure. Like Wiseman, the their numbers are similar on paper, but like if you've watched both of them, it's like it's pretty clear who the more impactful player mm-hmm. is, and it's not Wiseman. Yeah, that's awesome. That's such a cool, cool find to have him. For yeah, sure. and uh, shout out to Sadiq Bay for uh, getting the rookie record for. Uh, the Pistons for three-point field goals made. Woo. Who did he beat on that? Do we know? Do you want to guess? Oh, yeah. Uh, Pistons rookie three-pointers. It was within the last 10 years. Oh, okay. Um, last 10 years. Um, He's yeah, a really point guard. I really haven't had a ton of good rookies. Not st- Stucky would have been older than that. Um. Uh. Shit. This is uh, Brandon Knight. Oh yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And sure. then I think Luke Kennard was second. Mm, okay. Yeah. But yeah. uh, like 105 was the record, mm-hmm. and it was like 66 games or something, and Sadiq beat it in like 46. So. Yeah. A fraction season with time. Time remaining. Cool. Yeah. So great things from the Pistons rookies. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, great things from our two fantasy leagues. Great things from the NBA in general. <laughs> and uh, great things from you today, my friend. Good you to, too, Good buddy. to be back with you. Yeah, same here, dude. Good to be back in the saddle again. And uh, we will catch you all soon. Peace. Peace. Out.